episode 49 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father, four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or somebody that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. And there you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. And feel free to stop by tonyoverbay.com. Up on the top, one of the tabs, there's a, a link to a forum, a brand new forum. It's anonymous, it's free, and it's designed to be a strength-based community of support for people who are looking for tools to help them break free from or stay away from or become informed about the trap of pornography and compulsive sexual behavior. Um, I had initially thought of hosting a Facebook group, but I really wanted an anonymous forum so people won't have to worry anything about a stigma of seeking help and information, that sort of thing. So very strength-based, free, anonymous. I encourage you to go and let people know about it if you think that that could be something that would help them. And here's my vulnerable moment. I would also, uh, it would be wonderful if you would take a quick moment to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or the Apple podcast app or wherever you listen to it. So uh, if you feel so inclined and I just put up a YouTube channel with videos of a lot of the podcasts, including the one with today's guest, Adam Friday, Woody Woods. So please subscribe and thumbs up and all those good things that the kids are doing on that YouTube these days. Um, quick plug for bloomforwomen.com. Uh, just so much good feedback there. If you're suffering from any of the challenges that are associated with betrayal trauma, whether it's from the betrayal of a spouse, from infidelity, an emotional affair, uh, disclosure of an addiction, honestly, just at least take a look at bloomforwomen.com and uh, just use the code virtual couch and you get a month free to their evidence-based support community full of material that can help people struggling through betrayal and help them move forward in their lives and heal. Okay, my guest today is Adam Friday Woods. Adam is the author of the book, Conquer Your Dragons, and we do a deep dive into his story how the book came to be, and how you can learn to conquer the dragons that are in your life. He, he was a lot of fun, he's full of energy, and he's the first guest to bring his guitar onto the virtual couch and actually sing. And there's a pretty funny story that goes along with that that you are about to hear a little bit later on in the podcast. So without further ado, I bring you Adam Friday Woods. In the flesh, <laughs> and uh, you know we have these Hollywood lights going too, right? If I turn I, these off, it'd be scary. I know, right? Be, it's pretty professional. When I looked, uh, when I was looking at the <laughs> camera when we were coming in, the reason I turned these lights on, you look good on camera. I looked, I, I very shadowed. I noticed the head, kind of the bald head, was very shadowed. <laughs> but you look great. My guest is Adam Friday Woods here on the Virtual Couch Podcast, and uh, Adam, um, I want to jump right into you. Go by Woody. I do. Woody. Does anybody call you Adam? So one person, actually, one person calls me Adam, and that's it. Most, in fact, most people don't know my real name. Okay. Yeah. They, I go, I, I introduce myself most times as Woody Woods. Woody Woods. Unless I'm in some, some place that I actually needs my name. Like okay. A bank. Okay. You know, I'm Adam Woods. And you're Adam. And does that still kind of throw you off? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I, I, I respond to Adam pretty okay. well, but uh, there are very few people that call, know me by my first name. Okay, and I have to ask them. I mean, obviously, I love the origin of names. I, I told a story on the podcast once where I went by Scooter for about a week nice. in third grade. Nice, nice. Didn't Scooter. quite stick. But when did you go with Woody? And I want to know, is there something around Friday? So my name is Adam Friday Woods, which is pretty uncommon, the yeah. Friday middle name. But that was my home. My mom's Hawaiian. Okay. Uh, my dad's just a bald white dude. But, oh, is he? Okay. Uh, but my mom, my mom's father's name was Friday Hema. Wow. Yeah. He died in the Korean War. He was a soldier. He was awesome. My mom never met, got to meet him. She was oh. a baby when he died. 
but he's kind of a kind of a hero. And so it was pretty much an honor to get that name that okay. Friday. Yeah, that Friday name, and I named one of my sons. I have two, two sons, two girls, two boys, and he, I got Jack Friday Woods. That sounds, sounds like an agent Jack Friday. Exactly, that's, that's an awesome cool. name. I would right? hire that guy. In a <laughs> and, but uh, so Adam Friday Woods is pretty unique, and I'm pretty proud of that that middle name. But I go by Woody. My mom had four sons. You know, there's five kids, four boys and a girl. And all of the boys were called Woody when they were young. Really? But I was the baby. I was the youngest of the family, and Woody has stuck. Okay. That's that's where that comes from. And so most people don't even know my first name. Okay. Yeah. When, and so the Friday thing, you don't even that, – that doesn't come out very well. So it, it, it does. People want to okay. know. They're like, well, they look at my idea. Who's this Adam Friday Woods guy? Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, that's Woody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and they want to know. It's, it's always a conversational starter. So, you know, when I, when I, when I became a, a writer, I said, okay, I'll just use Adam Friday Woods. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that name. And so I, I do want people in. You know, Perfect. And, uh, All right. And speaking of writing, uh, Woody is here to talk about a book, um, Conquer Your Dragons, right? Or Conquering. Your dragons, conquer your dragons, conquer yeah. your dragons. All right, and we're gonna get we're gonna do deep dive on the book. Um, but first, I want to kind of hear a little bit more about you. So, where'd you grow up? Tell me about your family. I mean, you got to give a little bit about your backstory. But uh, married, kids. Yes, yeah, so I've been married for fifteen years, going on sixteen years. Um, we have four kids, nice. two boys, two girls. My oldest is fourteen. My youngest is uh, six, going into first grade this coming year. And my wife's uh, she's she's a teacher, mm. but she's luckily she's been able to stay home. You know, with our kids, but our, now that our youngest is going to the first grade this fall, she's going back into teaching. So she's super excited. What does she teach? She's going to teach first grade. We're at, you know, oh, we're nice. at a Waldorf charter school here okay. in California. I'm from Northern California, in the Sacramento area. And, um, and we really fell in love with this style of education. Uh-huh. And so my wife, ever since our kids have been going to school for the last nine years, you know, she said, I want to do that. Okay. And so we're actually going to move out of state to Salt Lake. Oh, I know and, that. Yeah, this coming fall. And she found a Waldorf school that just the first Waldorf school that opened up or Waldorf charter school that opened up in Salt Lake um, two years ago. And okay. so she's she's going to go teach there this fall. So we're, we're pretty excited. She's super excited about that. And I'm fascinated by your day job, right? So you're yeah. writing and you, you, you sing, you speak, and you're getting a lot of speaking gigs. And we're going to talk about that more too. Yeah. But uh, can I just, when we were setting up and I asked you what you do for your day job, you said... So I'm an ATM guy. Okay. Yeah. And I did the classic thing. I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. And I thought, I don't know what that means. Right. And so, so vulnerability here, ATM. And I assumed it was the machines. But I thought, I don't know, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and mischief. I wasn't right. quite sure. Exactly what, right. Okay. That's a good point. No. So, yeah, I run an ATM company. And okay. so, I've, I've, you know, I've been in the ATM business for the last 10 years. I I'm, I have a sales and marketing background. That's, okay. that's where I come from. Lots of sales, lots of different marketing. And then I went into management. And so, you know. But ATM, been, we're talking cash machines. We're talking cash machines. These yeah. are... You know, you go put your card in and pull out 20 bucks. Yeah. So I told I told Woody, I have to ask, you know, what are the, the main questions you get and how often, I mean, because how often do you meet somebody? Well, you you are the person. So how often do the rest of my listeners meet somebody that is uh, in the world of the ATM machines? Because I, I get scared. I, I see on TV, are they, are they spoofing my cards? Or I see those ones where yeah. the bank robbers put something around it and drive off with some, you know, the ATM dragon on the yeah, ground. Yeah. So what are the, what are the number one questions? So the number one question is, do you do those things get stolen? Okay. And, and the answer is yes. Wow. They do. Okay. Yeah, we used to have a few stolen every year. Yeah. You know, we have a bunch that, I mean, we sell ATM machines, we service them uh-huh. for other people, you know, for other companies, but we also own, you know, that our company owns. And uh, we've had a few stolen, and what you were saying about a card being dragged off. I mean, one time, you know, so we got a call <laughs> that an ATM got stolen. We're like, okay, so we went down, police were there. But what had happened is they, it was sitting kind of by the front door in a liquor store. Okay. And some they ripped open the doors, wrapped a chain around wow. the ATM, and took off 
Okay. But the ATM got wedged inside kind of the door frame and the chain came off. Oh. But the truck just kept driving away. It was hilarious. Oh. So there and, was the ATM machine. And then they came, then we saw on the camera, they come back after five minutes, you know, the sirens blaring, you know, just yeah. looking around and they're like, you can just see working in their heads. Do we get it? Do we wait? Do we get it? Do right. we wait? And then they just took off. Was, okay. you know, they, was, they didn't get it. Yeah. It was pretty funny. You yeah. know, all that hard work. Sorry, guys. <laughs> And they didn't get any money for it. Yeah. I, okay. So my uh, my ADD brain just kicked in with a million different questions. I'll, I'll lightning round, and we'll get to Let's do you know your. Let's book. do it. Let's do it. So, um, do they? I almost feel like maybe you don't want to talk about this, but do they keep? Or is there a ton of money in there? I mean, you know, so most people would be surprised uh-huh. on how little money are in ATM. Machines. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because of this reason. Yeah. I mean, the money's insured and stuff like that, but yeah. no one wants it to get ripped off. Yeah. And so we've had machines stolen. And I could tell that those guys worked really hard. They're really hard to break into. Oh, imagine. I mean, you could get to the machine, and then you're going to have hours and hours of just trying to get into the safe. <laughs> okay. And then they got like $800. You know what I mean? Oh. It's just hilarious to me that okay. it's just not worth it Okay. You know, for these guys. So I won't even ask you specifics. And so lightning round, too. Uh, how often do people have to then come add money? So it depends on the machine. I mean, you know, we, we're really good at, at figuring it out. Okay. We have an arm of service to do it, you yeah. know? And so they... You know, whatever. Yeah. Every once a week, Do you have any uh, facts in your head of like in a very busy um, ATM can dispense X amount in a given day? Yeah. So we know we, there's really good reporting on this. Okay. And so we mo- everything's monitored online now. And I mean, it's there's really yeah, it's, we've so got are you, do you have a number that you would ever share? Like no. it blows my mind that no. You, I mean, it's I mean, yeah. And we're a smaller company. Yeah. Yeah. And I know exactly how much money gets dispensed through those things okay. every year. And it's it's pretty cool. But okay. I, I yeah. No, I hear you. That, yeah, that's yeah. because I. But now you know. I wonder if listeners are thinking either Woody's sitting there and he and he's like, I can't tell these guys that a million dollars cash goes out, no. or he's saying, Tony, there are literally hundreds of dollars that leave these machines every day. <laughs> but we'll just kind of leave. We're, it at we're that. talking tens of dollars here. No, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Very exciting. Um, okay, I think that I. <laughs> Maybe this is me, or total irrational thought, but I worry often that it's going to dispense the wrong amount. Yeah. How often does that happen? Never. Never? Yeah. Okay. So the only time you might have a problem with an ATM... So if let's say you didn't get all your money out of an ATM machine, yeah. it gets reversed right back, almost immediately into your account. Oh. Like the, the account... I mean, there are really stringent rules against <laughs> yeah. stuff like this. Yeah. The only time you might have a problem is if like the power shut off in the middle of a dispense. Ah, and then we get, then and then you call the company, and we come out and solve the problem for you. In a, you know, five okay. minutes. You Has there I mean? ever been a situation where I love when I'll kind of slowly count the twenties? I'm like, is there an extra one there? Never happened. Never. Dang yeah. it. Okay. Although okay. the bank gave me hundreds one time. You know, uh-huh. I, I went to get some twenties or something. So there was one into the bank. Into the bank, and so there was, you know, I usually we have an armored car service, but every once in a while, you know, yeah. Oh my god thousand dollars and there was two one hundred dollar bills in there okay. and that would have been a great for the person who got that you know yeah paid yeah. 20 bucks and got 100 bucks so. okay uh but that really gets stuck does that happen very often uh pretty rare yeah okay. i mean the, the, the most common mistake is that you might get a jammed bill on a machine oh, okay but once again that money's reversed so. okay yeah. all right all right we got to get to your book but I, I, I had eight i mean there's so many other things that's, you know that's, most that's people eight. don't know anybody who's yeah who's in the atm business, but there's a lot of people yeah are, yeah you know? okay so let's talk about the book conquer your dragons yeah, so and I I read the th- the whole book. It's really good. The illustrations are are really I can't, excellent. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I looked in and I, I thought, man, if Woody writes and draws, then this is incredible. Oh, it's done. I'm yeah, a superstar. Exactly. You know, my buddy Darren, <clears throat> who's an artist, we worked on. We've collaborated on several other projects together, and I knew this was going to be for him. And okay. I, once I wrote the book, I said, Darren, do you want do you want any of this? You know. Yeah. And he always gives me. I mean, he, 
he's normally pretty pricey. He's really he's you've seen the illustrations yeah, are really excellent. Yeah. And he said, no, I'll, I'll I'll do a favor for you. And you know, he, he gave me a really good price. And and I mean, the illustrations are awesome. Okay. If if you like good art, yeah, I mean, they they're mind blowing. So let's talk about it. Get, get, you you go for a little bit. You drive. So talk about what led to the book, what the book's about, um, and what you're hoping to accomplish by you know, getting the book out. Yeah, I'm in the ATM business, and I've been in sales and marketing, and it's been. And I was telling you earlier today, it's great. I'm good at it. Yeah. But it's not fulfilling. Okay. And I've been. I've always wanted to be an English major, and I, I love. And I took so many writing classes early on, and and I always and I but I, I continue to write. Just went into business, and I mm-hmm. continue to write, and that's been more of a passion for me. And so I've, I've written a lot of stuff and published very little of these things. I mean, I have a whole portfolio of things that are written. I don't, I don't even know if they're any good. Okay. But I, once I started having kids, I started to write towards my kids. Okay. Like all the stories are just right now. I'm in this phase of, you know, I'm, I'm working on a book called the a series called The Adventures of the Surfing Ninja, right? Okay. And it's for my eight, my nine year old. Yeah. Who's in this? this process of just learning to become a good reader. Yeah. And so all the books are based towards him. I wrote dragons. I wrote it in verse. It's, 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 it's in rhyme done in rhyme. Can I just say, I love that. I mean, I was never one that, uh, and I've had clients that literally are published poets and I will read things. And I'm to the point now where I can get it and I really appreciate it, but man, nothing feels better than a, just a good rhyming. So I, my favorite books to read to my kids were Dr. Seuss books. Yeah. That's what I thought. I love them. Okay. And, God, this will be fun. And this is just, it was a story and I'm, I'm teaching principles in the story that I wanted my kids to know. Yeah. Like if I were to die right now, I wanted to leave something behind for them. Okay. That they could just always have. And that's where dragons came from. And when I wrote it, I just, I call it freestyling. I didn't know what I was, I just, just got up at six one morning to start a writing. Okay. And this concept started to develop and I said, okay, I'll do something in rhyme and I'm not going to write it in prose. Like most of the time we have to write in prose. And I said, okay, I'll write it in rhyme and see what happens. And I just, something developed and it started and I got this idea. And then over, you know, over a certain period of time, I wrote this, this book, Conquer Your Dragons that I loved and I had to edit it and I said, okay, I have something here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to publish this. Okay. What was the, what was the time frame from when you, when you finished it and said, I have something to the point where you are now? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I wrote this in, back in 2016. Okay. And I think maybe I started early March 2016. Mm. And I finally had gotten the book edited um, sometime later that year. I mean, so it was probably by the fall that I had edited. But, I mean, you, you got to understand, I just don't sit there and write one work. Yeah. It's – I just – I get bored. And so I said, okay, so I'll, I'll start writing something. Then I'll, 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 I'll change kind of to something like that, if I, how I'm feeling that day. And so – yeah, I don't know. It, it, it didn't take me long to write the book. It's a, it's a children's story, so it's not very long. Yeah, you know, in terms of number of pages. And maybe well, and I gotta say, I've had a couple other authors on, and I'll feel this pressure to have to devour the book. And so, a couple of days ago, I thought, man, I owe Woody. I, I would listen to a couple yeah. of podcasts with you, gone through your website, and I thought, I gotta find time <laughs> to read this book. And uh, five minutes in, you're yeah, done. yeah, yeah. But it's great. So, <laughs> you know, I, and I find that I find that all, oftentimes the simplest things, like children, we, from children's stories or from just simple things. We learn these amazing principles, yes. right? And that's what I was trying to teach my kids, just through a, a, an entertaining, fun story, great illustrations that has a powerful message. Too. Well, that's why I want to get to that message because I was the, you know, the, the therapist in me. I feel like there's so much of that's about what do you do with anxiety or, or I mean, so, but I don't want to, I want to hear where you came from or what, yeah, what are the dragons and, and talk about the story and the principles. Yeah, so Conquer Your Dragons is about a boy who falls asleep one night 
and has a dream. And in this dream, he encounters this large and terrifying dragon. Not the sweet, cuddly dragon no, we read about no in other stories. Tales. There was right? no, yeah. You know, there's my kids love all these these you know these dragon movies and stuff, and they're great. Yeah. But this was the scary dragon. This was the mean dragon. And so in the end of the stream, this dragon's in, in Peds this boy's path and intimidates him. It, it scares him. It threatens to kill him, right? And he's freaked out. Mm. And, he, and he comes to the conclusion that there's only one thing he can do. Put on his armor and fight the dragon. Okay. So he grabs a sealed and sword and he charges it head on. And he fights it. Great bat, you know, it's duels intense. But when he wakes up, he begins to figure out what the dragon represents in his life. Okay. You know, it represents a lot of things. Adversity, opposition, or trials, or weaknesses, or failures. It, it, it could be very specific things. Like my mom, spindle cell sarcoma cancer she has right now, right? We just found out a couple months ago, oh. or a month ago. And this is the dragon that she's facing. Yeah. So all of us face dragons, and we've all faced them, and we will continue to face them. It's essentially the dragon represents any obstacle or challenge that prevents us from where we want to be or need to be or perhaps even from where it should be. Mm. And so that's the dragon. And and it's a very powerful message, but done in a way that, you know, the the kid will the children will understand the story. The sto- but the story will mean something to them each time they read it, something different. Gotcha. Just in the challenges that they're facing. You know, our kids are they face some serious stuff. You remember what it's like growing up and it's probably a lot harder now, yeah. right? Yeah. Things are different. Um, but you know, there's bullying and peer pressures, you know, maybe their parents have gone through a divorce. That's a tough thing. I, I, I had to go through that when I was eight, right. Or blending families. Mm-hmm. Like my, my dad remarried and my, we had, you know, five kids already. And then my, my stepmom had four kids and then they had two more together. Wow. It was like mine, yours and ours kind of thing. Sure. And it, and our, our family grew. And so that was like a big dragon I had to face and it was tough, man. Um, as you, cause you can sit back, you can withdraw, but, or you're saying your, your message is let's figure out how to, how to charge. The message thing. is, is to figure out how to, how to beat it. Yeah. You know, and every dragon, if we look at it is beatable. Yeah. And you're a therapist and you, you, you deal with, you help people deal with their dragons all the yeah. time. Um, well, I like it. What you just said there did make me think of, cause you know, and sometimes maybe I am thinking through the lens of a client who might feel powerless or, or who might, instead of fight or flight, they're in freeze mode yeah. when they come a- a- across their dragon. And uh, I like what you just said there. Every dragon does have a way to beat it. And I feel like um, sometimes my, my job is to figure out, yeah, what are the weaknesses in this dragon or what is somebody's individual experiences that have led up to this fight? And what are their, what are their, you know, they might not be good with a sword, but they might be good with a rock. I don't know. I, I, I like where you're going with this. Yeah. And so, and everything, you know, is, is symbolic. It represents yeah. like, what are your tools, right? In the yeah. story, his tools are his armor, right? Mm-hmm. He's got an armor, he's got a shield, he's got a sword. But we have a lot of tools for us, depending on what we, you know, what the dragon is. Um, and, I'll, and I'll give you an example. So this this is hilarious, uh, kind of, but maybe as a the therapist, you can relate to this with, with people that come in. So I was, I'm 38 now, so maybe three or four years ago, maybe around 35, I was watching a TV show. Mm-hmm. And it was about mental illnesses. And I was really interested in it. Yeah. I, I don't know much about them, yeah. right? And and I wanted to know more. I was just being curious, and I was watching it. And they're describing the effects of this mental illness, like this this deep pit, this anxiety, this emptiness, right? This darkness inside of them. They're talking about depression. Yeah. And I am I cannot believe this. And I'm looking at my wife, and she's like, "What?" And I go, "Honey, I've I've experienced." Okay. This. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" I go, "I've never shared this with anyone." Okay. No one. Not my parents, best friend, not you, obviously. And we've been married 12 years at the time, yeah. right? And she said, well, what? And I said, well, when I was in high school, my freshman year of high school, I had this. Wow. 
I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea. Yeah. I just felt it. And I hated it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then I looked back on my life and it was like very therapeutic. I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Exactly. What was going on in my life at the time? You know, yeah. parents divorce and there was a bunch of stuff in my personal life. And I go, I could see how someone might get depressed. Yeah. And so I didn't know what I was going through and I should have went to my parents, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but there were a lot of tools available to me at the time even. Yeah. Right. And one of those tools is music. Okay. And I'm telling you, I just, just. I hated how I felt. I didn't know why I was feeling that way. But music, there was something about some certain music that just really helped lift my spirits. So, so these are tools. Okay. Well, and, and so I, you know, I, I remember this time, if we're uh, interactive here, that I I felt like I didn't want to do anything, but I didn't want to not sure. do anything. I didn't yeah. want to go anywhere, but I didn't want to stay home. I, all of these things that I just felt, I just didn't want to do anything. And uh, and I shared that with a friend, and he was a pharmaceutical sales rep who happened to rep um, antidepressants. And sure. he said, you're depressed, my friend. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, 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 not me. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I got things figured out, you know, and, and, uh, and that was a time where I kind of then I, I was already running, but then that's when I kind of amped up to, you know, more running or, so I love how, you know, you found music. I maybe went to running. Some people, they, they don't even have somebody that they can uh, open up to about this right. or they don't see the show on, on mental illness right. or they don't have a parent or somebody that, that supports them. So they might not have those, be able to find those tools. Yeah. What did you do with music though? Did you, were you a natural at that? No. So no, 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 no. So here's what's interesting. I, I had found, I listened to a song, I had found an album called by Depeche Mode. And, you know, oh, I'm, so a, I'm a I'm 90s a, child, like right. in, my, in my age range, but I have four older siblings who grew up in the 80s. Okay. And so I, I, I grew up listening to a Depeche Mode concert. Okay. So I've been yeah. to a Depeche, Depeche Mode concert too. All right. All right. But they had this album called Speak and Spell, and there were two songs on there that changed my life. Okay. And I'm forever grateful, and I have no idea why. And maybe you can better <laughs> help me yeah. figure this out. But there were two songs, and once I heard that these songs, for whatever reason, something clicked in my brain, I felt relief. Mm. That I go, oh, well, I can beat this. What were the songs? Um, uh, Dreaming of Me and New Life. Okay. Where those what they're yeah, called. Yeah. And so you Depeche Mode fans. <laughs> right. That's right. I don't know what it was about their songs. Okay. And when I listened to them, they're kind of kind of cheesy right yeah yeah that's that's what i'm wondering if you go back i tried depeche mode and new order and so these guys with my kids maybe yeah. a year ago yeah and yeah to them it might be it's yeah, gonna it be you know rough. funny but whatever it was about that song there was almost instant relief and i developed you know ocd pr pretty bad okay you know yeah like and i it's hilarious now and my wife can see it now she's like oh I can I can kind of see that, but I got it pretty much under control. Maybe I need to come talk to you. A little <laughs> more. Right, yeah. But, but um, you know, and it was just this 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 really strange time. But exercise helped. Okay. Right. I I, I was thankfully I played football and I ran track and I was, I was you know pretty I was very active and I loved surfing and snowboarding oh, and stuff nice. like that. Yeah. And so that was a good release for me. That that helped like kind of like what Ronnie does for you. Yeah. And and so that was another tool that I helped. But you know, when I after I wrote the book, I. I you know, I was. In, I know a bunch of motivational speakers, inspirational speakers, and who, one who's now my mentor. You know, he just said, "I think you need to present this." Okay. Right? Yeah. I think kids can use can can use this message. What were your first thoughts when you heard that? And I said, "I'm I'm I don't have a great story. Yeah. I'm not I'm not." Right, we were joking before. I'm not you Tony climbed, Robbins. You know, I'm not Everest. Brown. You haven't uh, done those no, things. No right? Everest. I don't have this amazing survival story or anything like yeah. that. Because you don't need it. I'm telling you, people need to hear the story. Mm. And so I developed a program, and one of the things that that I I, I tell kids that I teach them is to is to you know these they 
there are four steps that you can take, right? Okay. To help with this, you know, you got to recognize the dragon for what it is. Okay. okay. Sometimes you don't even know what you're going through, but you 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 know how you're feeling, like yeah. kind of how I experienced that with depression. But then you need to gather your tools, and 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 I and we have so many tools available to us. And I talk to them about music, and I play them songs, you know, to, to kind of, and I tell them different stories about what how music has helped me and it's helped other people. But then I, the number one thing I tell them to do is get support. Okay. Get help, and there's always someone you can talk to. Yeah. Like we don't, I didn't feel like there was anybody I could talk to, yeah. but I could have walked down the hall with my parents and they would have known exactly how to help me or to go, you know, they would have known how to guide me. And, and you're presenting this message a, a lot to schools. So I mean, to schools. Yeah. I yeah. love that. So you're saying teachers, counselors, parents, religious leaders. Exactly. You know? what I, exactly. Yeah. All I'm saying. Okay. But I mean, support groups, there's principals, there's parents, there's relatives, depending on what the dragon is, there's attorneys and police officers. Nah, that's good. Right. Yeah. There's all sorts of medical professionals. Uh, mental health professionals, whatever mm. you're going, there's support groups or support forums. Like, just get the support. And I promise you, there is always someone that you can turn to okay. and talk to. So we're recognizing, we're, we're gathering our tools, we're getting a support team around us. Yeah. And then we're, we're, we're create, then create a plan. Okay. Right? Like, I, and I, I, and I took this from the story of David and Goliath. You know, anybody who went to Sunday school, yeah. right? They know the story. It's like the ultimate underdog story, yeah. right? This gigantic beast of a man yeah. nine feet tall and this boy right and there's no way this boy is supposed to win this fight right but he recognizes the dragon this dragon of goliath that he sees and he gathers his tools but his tools weren't the armor right no. saul's trying to put the armor on him that's not going to work for him yeah his tool is a bow staff a sling and five smooth stones yeah that was his tools and what's interesting about the story is that you know, when, when Goliath comes to meet him, the story says he didn't turn and cower and run. He faced him head on and charged him, right? Yeah. It's a really cool story. Yeah. And then... Um, I have to tell you, I did uh, early morning, you know, uh, seminary. Yeah, 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 I taught that for a while. And I was fascinated that um, there are people that have gone deep on that story. And sure. there was one that I, w- where there was an article I read where they were talking about, well, obviously Goliath had, and it named the medical condition, which is why he was, how he was. And I mean, it was hilarious about just breaking all that down, you know, and, <laughs> and that uh, David must've, uh, in all of his, you know, he, he couldn't have just gone out there and, and hit Goliath between the eyes just randomly. Yeah. He had put in all his time and effort yeah. and he knew, I mean, <clears throat> people spent, burn a lot of calories kind of researching sure. that one. And more power to I know. Him. I love it. I know. Yeah. Um, See, David recognizes the problem. Mm-hmm. He he gathers his tools, and I teach him to create a plan. Okay, and your plan doesn't have to be overly, you know, complicated. It doesn't have to be huge in this gigantic business plan. Whatever it is, whatever the dragon is, my plan when I was suffering depression as a freshman in high school, yeah. should have been I'm gonna when my parents get home from work, I'm gonna walk down the hall and talk to them. Yeah, that should have been my plan. Okay, and that's a great plan. And when I teach kids, you don't have to have these great plans, but the most important part of your plan is you need to change the plan, adjust the plan okay. as needed. I was, right? I was hoping we were going to get to that. Yeah, right? Because a lot of people will say, I'm going to do this. And then when I run into my first wall, then I say, well, that doesn't work. And I'm a horrible person. And I, there's nothing I exactly. can do. Exactly. Right? And I explain it to them is oftentimes we want to write our plans. We want to chisel it in stone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then when it fails, it completely breaks apart. We just want to break it because we failed. And then it, see, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And nothing will ever change. And I'm destined for... This dragon just running right through me. Right. Okay. And I teach them the idea in the business world, we call it a pivot, mm-hmm. right? It's to, just a change. Like if you were going to have, like you're going to go start a tech company, right? You come from a tech background. Well, there's a lot of things that aren't going to work. You're yeah. going to figure out better ways to do things. 
Do you give up and quit? No, you pivot. You yeah. change the plan to make it work for yourself. Well, and even you're doing this presentation, writing a book, you know, me trying to put on this podcast. Right. I know there's a lot of people, um, and I've heard this before, where they, they say, well, the, the, the field's already crowded, or there's too many podcasts, or too many books, or right. what if I... And, I mean, I feel like that's that's somebody's dragon, right? Exactly. Totally. It's a, it's a dragon. And, yeah. and I've experienced those kinds yeah. of things, right? I could never do this. I feel those dragons, right? Yeah. There's a million other people that are better writers than me, that are better speakers than me. I'm never going to be like Tony Robbins. Like These are the dragons that I have to fight. Can I tell you every time you say Tony Robbins, I'm like, I'm ready to go, oh, stop, Woody, because I think you're about to say Tony Overbay. But uh, I agree. Tony <laughs> Robbins. <laughs> I've been talking like the Tony Robbins stuff, too. So that's kind of funny. I got, um, a, yeah. got a snort. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all right. Awesome. I, I want the snort. I, somebody told me I need a snortometer in the back. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I don't, the pivot. The pivot. The pivot. Yeah. So, but when you look at the sport, I'm a sports fan. Like, mm-hmm. when you look at the greatest coaches that I've ever lived, I'm talking about you know, uh, the Vince Lombardi's of the world or the Bill Belichick's modern day Bill Belichick. You know, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I re- we, we all respect them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but how many times have the Patriots, right, they've come out, lose the first half, just getting their butts whooped. Yeah. And then come out the second half and win the game. It happened two years ago in the Super Bowl. Right. It almost happened again this year. Right. Yeah. This last Super Bowl, because Bill Belichick, he's he's a strategic planner he makes he he makes a plan he executes the plan but more importantly he knows when to adjust the plan yeah and make changes i love that every non-patriots fan right now is like oh they got tom brady yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a, right and they get all the calls <laughs> and they're, 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 <laughs> but, but what he's playing or uh, your your comments are valid right, right? Yeah, so it's just they the pivot yeah they pivot. the best strategic planners just know when to change the plan mm-hmm. and so when we make our plan to conquer our dragons we have to change it and i'll give you a good example okay so like many americans right i I, I was super fit. I was an excellent runner, right? I was a sprinter in high school. I was a pretty good long distance runner. Okay. And I would go train with all the long distance runners and the, you know, before the spreading season started and stuff like that. But, and I could eat whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I love food, yeah, right? Yeah. And then I gained 50, 60 pounds, right? Because like many Americans. So I've been fighting the obesity dragon for, mm. you know, the last, whatever, 12 years, 10 years or whatever, how long it's been when I started gaining weight again. And I've been up this up and down roller coaster, right? I'll drop 30 pounds, drop 40 pounds, and gain it all back, plus 10. Whatever, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And like all the time, I've been through this cycle, this up and down cycle. And so I said, I got sick of it. And I said, okay, I'm going to create, I'm, I'm going to, this is my dragon right now. This is a big one, and I'm going to face this bad boy, and we're going we're gonna to conquer this one. And so I came up with a plan. I gathered all of my tools, and I got a group of guys together. Okay. All right? I needed that the support, the accountability, right? And we said, okay, we're going to exercise, but more importantly, we're going to stay away from junk food. Like, uh-huh. no sugar, right? Okay, we're going to stay away from that kind of stuff. So we came up with a plan, but then we came up with this consequence that if we did, we are going to have to pay 50 bucks into a pot. If you and do what? If we cheat. Oh. Uh, so. I almost offered you Reese's eggs when you walked in today. <laughs> I would have turned it down. Good man. Yeah. Anyways, $50 was pretty motivating mm-hmm. to me. And But I was in, you know, the competitive juice to start to flow again. Right? And things were going great. I dropped. 20 pounds, 20 pounds, 25 pounds. And it was, it was going really good. But this, and this was kind of in October of last year. And then, you know, the holiday set and we just had guys just dropping off. Yeah. They're like, I'm done. I'm not going to pay any more money into this thing. You know, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. I'm done. And then I started to slack off. Right. I, you know, I started to cheat a little bit and I started getting a little bit more weight. Not, I didn't go too crazy, but I love food. I'm addicted to food, yeah. right. To sugar and stuff. And so I had to be, you know, I had to be careful. And I said, okay, I need to pivot. I need to change my plan. And so what I did is 
I got with a different group of people. Okay. Yeah. And then we're going to hold ourselves accountable. We're gonna, not going to have the junk food. We're going to exercise regularly. But I changed my exercise program. I had a buddy who's a runner, and he, he just said, you know, and he's in his 40s now, and he just said, it's easier for me to train for something. Yeah. Like for the next 5K, the I next 10K. I've got to have something ahead, yeah. Like the next marathon. Yeah. And it's just easier for me to, to keep training. Like I can't train just to look good anymore. Like, mm. I mean, that was good in the 20s. I just can't do it anymore. I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And so I, uh, I take ATM machines. Like we do special events. I take ATM machines to Spartan races. I don't oh, know wow. if you know oh, Spartan yeah, races. Yeah. yeah. They're, you know, for those of you who don't know, they're obstacle course racings. You get muddy and dirty. They're long and they're super fun and mm. they're intense. And I said, I'm going to start training that. So I read Joe Decina's book and I, mm-hmm. you know, and I started training their training routes. And so I, this year I ran, <clears throat> I ran two races already. Nice. Eight mile races. I've, I'm going, I'm taking all my, my family to Dodger Stadium in April this, you know, in a, this, in a couple, couple weeks. And then I basically have one every month okay. for like the rest of the year. Yeah. Right. Except I'm taking a break in the summer to run a marathon. Okay. Right. Which marathon? Uh, the one there's one in Salt Lake. I've yeah. yeah. yeah, done that one a few times. Yeah. yeah. So it looks fun. You know, high elevation. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I'm just training for a purpose. But the point is, is that to you have to pivot. And then the fourth thing I teach kids or just any, really any audience that's asked me to speak to them is to take action. Like you're never going to conquer your dragon unless you do something about it. Yeah. Like it's never going to happen. If you want to be a millionaire, you have to take action. If you want to lose weight. You got to eat right and exercise. Mm-hmm. It's like never going to happen. Yeah. If you want to be a published author, you got to write the book and publish it. You have to write every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or consistently at least. And so like anything, action is the foundation to any kind of success. And we have to take action. Do you, do you find, uh, well, talk to me a little bit about, you, you talk about finding your audience. Right. And I think that's a great story too, because you... You know, you've been chasing your passion for a long time and you kind of find it. And then you were, you know, do you mind telling that story? So, yeah. So, yeah. The, you know, the, the speaking world is, is, is really interesting and there's a million speakers out there. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would say that they're a lot better than me, right? In terms of experience and maybe even how they, how, how, how they project. But I'm, I do have my talents with it, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just want to be myself and I want to make the audience laugh. Yeah. And... Anyways, you know, every speaker that I've ever talked to, and I, have, I, I, you know, I, I encourage people to find a mentor in anything that you want to do. If you yeah. want to be a therapist, find a mentor. Yeah. If, you know, if you want to be a doctor, find a mentor. And I, I found a mentor, and every time he says, you have to find your niche. You have to find a niche. You can't speak to everyone yet. You have to speak, so you have to start somewhere, and you have to find a niche. Yeah. And so he was a youth motivational speaker, but he focused only primarily on middle schools. I mean, he spoke to other audiences as they came up, but he focused primarily on these middle schools. And he, and I had written this program because I know like this middle school and high school age really well, you know, a coach and I've worked with youth, you know, for the last 15 years, really since my, my whole married life. And I understand these youth really well and I get along with them. And, <clears throat> and he's, and I thought that was going to be my niche. Okay. And I had created this whole presentation, this whole program, this keynote, surrounding them and i knew other audiences would benefit from this sure and i but when i started speaking to them it went great but i didn't feel like this was exactly my niche wait do you remember what that was was it uh looking into the faces of the middle schoolers or no i I don't know what it was they they grasped the message yeah they loved the message but i just didn't feel like it was exactly my niche Mm -hmm. and i'm like am i gonna be okay maybe just high school kids or just 
And then I spoke to, you know, I had friends. He said, well, hey, come speak to my company. I need, this is what's going on. Your message can help. Yeah. And those things went right, great. Don't get me wrong. And they pay great, yeah. right? Corporate gigs and yeah. stuff. But I just didn't feel like it. And anyways, my mom, who's an educator, my stepmom's an educator, my wife's a teacher, right? They said, you know, you should really look at this elementary school age. Okay. And I go, they're not going to get it. Yeah. They're not going to grasp the message. And I go, no way. Anyways, I, got, I was asked to come speak to a K through 8. And I go, okay, well, I'm mainly middle school. And she said, well, okay, but I want you to speak to whole school. And I actually went back and forth with the principal on this. I said, nah, I don't want to do this. Mm. And I said, and I had compromised with her. I said, okay, I'll take fifth graders and up. And then as, as you know, there's a few months before I was going to have to do the gig. And, and I was thinking about it, thinking about it. And I emailed her back and I said, okay, you know what? Let's just invite. I just had this feeling, okay, let's invite the younger students. Yeah. She said, great. I cannot believe you. How I cannot tell you how well that that went. I was completely blown away. Is there an energy? Is that what it was? It was the energy, but their level of participation yeah. at these, these younger age. And I and I and I actually filmed had filmed this one. I wanted to see how how it went. So I brought a production company in to film it. And I and I actually say there's they're sitting to group together third graders. I go third grade. You guys are killing it. I say this to the president. Yeah. They are blowing me away. Yeah. And how they grasped the message, how they answered and participated, how they answered questions, how they participated, how they asked questions. I could not believe it. And I go, this is my niche. And my mentor was at this, this presentation. And he, and he said, Woody, I have never seen this before. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, at this age level, I have never seen somebody with a message like yours be able to reach the kids. Okay. And that was like huge for me. I was yeah. like, I'm like, he's just saying that. Yeah. He goes, and I'm telling you, I'm not just saying that. I'm thinking you need to start focusing on these guys. Okay. And I go, I, I felt the same way. And so I found my niche. So that's your After the almost two years. Yeah. Was this elementary, like this intermediate elementary school yeah. age. I mean, these third graders and fourth graders and the parents who reached out to me afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, it's been, I think I did this last Jan in January, right? So it's been months. I just got another email okay. from a, a mom. I just said, nice. hey, listen. And, and these are like, this, these are gold, right? Yeah. To speakers. Yeah. And this mom just said, hey, I want you to know that my kids loved your, you know, thing. And she had like a, a seventh grader or a sixth grader, but also a fourth grader. Mm -hmm. And it's this third and fourth and fifth grade, the responses from them, they're like, my kids came home. They they told me everything about your presentation. They want to make, change their lives and make okay. goals. They're identifying their like, dragons. It's and tangible I'm like, oh, are you kidding yeah. me? What have I been doing these last couple yeah. of years? And so... I found my niche. And so now it's just, I'm trying primarily to focus on these elementary school age kids. You know, and a lot of the speakers who come in, I know you speak to yeah. to younger audiences too, but a, a lot of the speakers who come into elementary schools are, are like the science guy, yeah. like the crazy science guy. And they're great. Yeah. I enjoyed them yeah. as a kid, right? Yeah. Or like the animal guy who yeah. brings in the snakes and the reptiles and stuff. And those, those are great. But to actually have a message that the kids can grasp. And to, I want to reach them before they start believing what the world's going to tell them. Yeah. Like they're not good enough and you're not good and you don't have to do this. And they start believing these things like this is the age I want to hit before they start to believe it. That is, you know, and uh, this is – I brought you in here to interview you. But I have to tell you that uh, we were talking a little bit before. I get to go speak at schools when – especially I, for six years I ran around a, a track for 24 hours right. to raise awesome. money for yeah. schools. Yeah. And so I would go pump the kids up at the schools and I felt like um, – 
you know, yeah, it wasn't necessarily tangible that they were going to walk away and say, oh, I can go run 125 miles in 24 hours. Right. But I loved the fact where it was uh, how many of you just want to start walking or, uh, you know, a little bit of a walk and run or tell your get your parents to go on a walk with you. And and some of them would get so excited and I could tell that others um, you could tell that, that that would be a challenge in their home yeah. or they're hearing some negative message or yeah. they don't think that their parent would do that with them. And, and so I love your message of everybody has dragons. And so how do you identify those? And, and you said earlier. What if the parents are the dragons? I mean, that's... I mean, people play very real dragons in yeah. their lives, right? Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of dragons. There's that bully that yeah. can be the parent. Yeah. But there are other people they can turn so to. So I love bringing awareness to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, okay, tangent. You ready for this one? Sure. So um, do you ever run into, you know, liter- here's where we go with literal, uh, the, the word literal. You're in English. You know, you love English, yeah. right? So I love when people do, you know, there are literal, literal. dragons yeah. in my life, yeah. you know, and yeah. the, well, it's kind of not, right? right. Uh, I'm not aware of a real dragon. <laughs> Metaphorical dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was my, my way. Um, hey, so I asked you to bring your guitar sure. because no one has ever played an instrument yeah. on the Virtual Couch podcast. Oh, I'm glad to be the first. Right? Yeah. It's kind of exciting. So when you say that you incorporate music into your... You know, when you're kind of giving your presentations, how how do you do this? So uh, I share. I, I I generally play just a couple of songs. Okay. Right? Uh, that are uh, I, I play. Do you know who Mandy Harvey is? No. Okay. So Mandy Harvey is a musician. She has an amazing voice. She's you know she plays instruments. She's great. She she showed up on our, our radar last year on America's Got Talent. Oh, okay. And she went really far in this competition. Okay. So I love that show. Yeah. Like I see, we see these, just these great stories and they're really good about doing backstories on, on people. And I, I really love these stories. And so she, um, she, she came onto the show and she just, she crushed it and she, and she went really far into the competition, like fourth or fifth place or whatever, okay. and all the way to the end. But what makes her so much more amazing is the fact that she's deaf. Oh, wow. So when she was 18, she got sick, something with connective nerve endings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and she lost her hearing at 18. Wow. And so that's a pretty major dragon, you know, at any age to face. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could all imagine what that might have been like for her. Someone who was musically gifted and played music her whole life and sang, and then to not be able to do that. Just that alone is, is pretty tough. But all of the other heartache and, and problems and the kind of things that come along with that, that kind of disability. And, you know, she has this quote that I, I share with the kids. Like I, I tell her they're her back. I tell them her backstory, and she just said, "When I lost my hearing, I wanted to give up." Wow. But I don't want to do that anymore, yeah. right? And so ten years later, she figured out a way to play music, wow. and it is amazing. Okay. So she she doesn't wear her shoes when she's on stage, so she could feel the rhythm and the tempo of her wow. bandmates. Okay. But then she used visual tuners. She would sing into a tuner, right? Because she can't hear it, so she would sing into a tuner and watch the needle. Until she was on pitch. Uh, and then she would use muscle memory to memorize, to wow. remember that. Okay. What that felt like in her throat. <laughs> I'm like, this, she's the most amazing person in the world, yeah. right? And so she, she wrote a song that she performed on America's Got Talent called Try. And it was about going through this. Okay. Right? Like, don't, don't give up. I'm not living where how I want to, but the words are really, really pretty. And so I play this song for the kids and I play another one too, but, um, but I, yeah, I'd like to share that. Do you want to play Try? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to play right. Try. So we good. So Manny Harvey. Okay. <clears throat> but I'm tired of getting used to 
was awesome. That that really was. I'm digging those words. Um, yeah, there's uh, the, the verse is just it's so perfect and so pretty. Yeah, you know, and I encourage everybody to go watch Mandy's I'm initial link performance. to it. I, yeah, I she, have to. on America's Got Talent, she was awesome. I mean, it, it, she's deaf, and she she played it on the ukulele. Mm-hmm. I just do it on the guitar, but she. I mean, it's amazing. And yeah. you got to watch the judges. They're like, what? That's, I, I, okay, I love that. Can I tell you some random thoughts that went through that? Yeah. Um, it was incredible. I also saw that I didn't know if you wanted me to move the words up. I didn't know if you had anywhere where I was no, about no, to no, make no, that we're move. Good, we're good, we're good. But then when you you went for it at one point, right? Did you know when you did that? You like you went after it. You like yeah. I, everything. And there's an attorney office right next to door. <laughs> yeah, and I, we're early today. Yeah, yeah. Um, Woody's gracious enough to come in here early. But I, I was kind of laughing to myself. I wonder if I should have given him a heads up, you know? So he's in there, uh, some video deposition in the background. <laughs> I can try. But I thought, what if that, that, that motivates him? Now, uh, he helps his client and, you know, butterfly effect, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, seriously, music is so powerful. Yeah. Us, right? Yeah. And, I mean, it's helped me personally on a really deep level. Mm-hmm. But there's great music for every situation of our lives. There's great dance music. There's great spiritual stuff, gospel stuff, if you're into that. Yeah. You know, there's great music for everything. And, I mean, just, it's a tool. Use it to your advantage. I mean, it could help. It, well, it blesses lot, our lives. A lot of people that I do find that are struggling, sometimes music's about the only thing that they feel like keeps them going sure. at times, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, got to wrap up. I, what a pleasure. But I was thinking already, you found this niche. You've got this presentation um, in, in Conquer Your Dragons, and I love that concept. And you speak to schools. Do You do corporate gigs as well. But I that, do. Passion is elementary school. Yeah, I, like I was telling you, I just I found this niche, and I'm I just want to reach these kids yeah, yeah. before they get to this point where they're not listening anymore. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of kids in high school that I reach. I know I reach them. Yeah, and there's even more that I'm not reaching. Yeah, because they're just at this age where they've shut off. Exactly. So yeah, so you want to get in there early. So um, I was kind of sharing with Woody while we were kind of firing things back up. Uh, the podcast is is viewed and listened to by a lot of people in a lot of places so have guitar will travel totally travel i travel for your corporate events for your schools yeah for your youth groups whatever whatever the situation is if you feel it's appropriate to talk about conquering the dragons i mean there's a lot of dragons i do even for sales teams yeah like i conquer the dragons of of a sales team right yeah the things that we first I, I i do stuff on teamwork um conquering those those kinds of dragons because mm. i had a and the only reason I, I'm really speaking specifically to that because I was asked to. Okay. And I've, and I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of teams in, okay. my, in my life. And just and most of the time, they've been hugely successful, yeah. right? Yeah. Like these these partnerships, these groups, and these, this teamwork. Um, and then there are other times that they weren't. And everybody can relate to this. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's interesting. I, wrote, I, wrote, I read this fascinating study that Google did. Um, I read the article. Was, came, came out of the Times magazine, I think. I think it was like 2016. Uh, but Google did this fascinating three-year study within their company of trying to figure out why teams, some teams worked and some oh, teams didn't. Yeah, and it was fascinating, and and it just led me just to keep studying this topic. Okay, well, what then? I, I analyzed well what worked in the teams that I've worked with, yeah. and what didn't. Yeah, and then I read this book called the five Dis- the five dysfunctions of a team, and it's I mean it's just these this fascinating idea. So I, you know I, I've actually presented to that because in the corporate world this is this is a, a big yeah. deal. So right. where do people find you? So AdamFridayWoods.com, AdamFridayWoods.com, or ConquerYourDragons.com. ConquerYourDragons.com. A book is going to be, you can find it at Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Website. Go your website. Yep. That sort of thing. All of that. Uh, absolute pleasure. You, it's been was, awesome. Thank no, you. No, this is like, uh, you're, you're, you've got a nice message. you got good energy. 
Um, you know, I feel like I could, if I was on America's Got Talent, I think I'm hitting the, is it a gold buzzer? I'm passing right on through. Oh, the golden buzzer! I just did it. I just did it right there. Uh, Woody, thanks, thanks so much for coming thanks. in. Thanks. Okay. It's been awesome. Thank okay. you. All right. Compressed emotions flying past Our heads and out the other end The pressures of the daily grind It's wonderful Elastic waste and rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside Strengths and